Yes, we are. And Taylor Swift is releasing yet another album. So many. No one, no human oh, being has ever yes. released more albums You're than like, she has. I don't has. want to do this pop culture roundup. It's going to be I'm all like, Taylor. I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. No, I do want to hear about the lesbian Taylor because I know yeah. Carly Kloss made an appearance. Oh and that's my that's my yes. favorite Taylor Swift plotline. Really the only one that I like. <laughs> but... Yes, lots going on with that. How's life in general? Anything exciting? How was the move? I feel like we haven't done a check-in. Oh, uh... Are you liking yeah, LA? No, Are you finding good. good restaurants to take me to? Uh, no, it's honestly been a... You know, every weekend there's been something. So it's not like been really digging and enjoy the now, you know? It's like family. It's like Taylor. It's like, you know, uh, what are we doing? So... I don't know. It's been good. I just feel like it was kind of a copy paste from Houston and I haven't dug into the the nuance, the the LA color. Um but I'll get there. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think even. I I've been in a <laughs> a lavender haze, you might say. Uh just writing this You're high a lesbian. Of this concert. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been waiting for this, Shelby. <laughs> Your yeah, coming out yeah. moment. You know, B is not a silent letter in the LGBT <laughs> Thank you. acronym. Thank you for saying that. Um, no, I don't want to spread rumors about me, but the Taylor Swift stuff, it, it's compelling. It's uh, it's it's thought-provoking. It's always yes. tickled my fancy. It's, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we've talked about it before, but what's new? Yeah. Give us the rundown. Give yeah. us all. I guess let's just do all the Taylor Swift stuff first. So <laughs> okay, first. you want to start with Taylor lesbian Swift Taylor, and then okay, we can. So good move news on. first. Taylor famously, I mean Taylor was in the news last week because she gave her drivers all a hundred thousand dollar bonuses, which is honestly exactly what rich people should be doing. Like it's it costs yes. them barely nothing, but it it changes these people's lives, right? Like the, so this is not just like her, you know, Uber driver. It's like the people who are trucking her stages across the country and are now heading into the international tours, whatever. And so as a thank you for that work, her dad delivered these like bonus checks with notes from her that are like, thank you so much, like for making this possible. Here's a hundred K. And like the manager of the trucking company was like, yeah, this is literally like, life-changing money like they can buy houses like they, it's just like a feel-good stuff it's just it's easy it's it's that easy like that's what I just don't get is like of course the glass half full type could be like glass half empty type could be like well she could do more but like even the teamster was like you know everyone says that but none of these celebrities have ever done anything like this so take that as it is 
Good news. <laughs> no, yeah, we love. Yeah, I mean, that's love. money she's not spending on the private jets. So exactly. we'll take she's it. like <laughs> commuter causes. Um, and um, then the Kaler of it all. So yeah, she announced the 1989 Taylor's version is coming out October 27th. She announced that on 8-9 at the last show of her US first US leg. Um, and... That's like exciting in its own right, you know. Like she said, there'll be five bonus tracks. That it's some of her favorite tracks that she's re-recorded, like from the vault. That it's like the ones. Hasn't she said that about every album? No, I I swear we get the same (laughs) rigmarole. I think she said like, "Oh, working on Speak Now as a whole was like so validating, like so powerful to go back to these songs that I wrote by myself." But this one, she specifically highlighted like the vault tracks themselves as being exceptionally good, which. 1989 is her shortest album, so take that as you will. Like, which is why it's also her best yeah. album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what was left on the cutting room floor. Um, but the bigger, the the juicier tidbit to me, as someone who you know, chronically online, chronically in Taylor's business, I've been aware these re-recordings are happening. So it's like, you know, par for the course at this point. But what was unexpected is Carly Kloss's appearance at this final show. And obviously so many celebrities have gone to this, like just every night, especially in LA, there are just so many famous To her last tour, yes. Oh yeah, she went to Reputation. But they famously had a falling out at the end of 1989. Right. Um, Neither of them have really addressed it specifically except Carly being like, no, we're still friends and Taylor just being absolutely silent on the matter. (laughs) And um, there's been a few theories about some of the less than positive songs being about Carly and like a betrayal of a friend and, you know, all this sort of stuff that might have revolved around Scooter Braun because Carly's friends with Scooter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they've basically been out of each other's lives since like, you know, 2017 or whenever she made her one-time appearance at the Reputation Tour. Um, And so it's not unexpected to see celebrities at the Taylor concert, but most of them are siphoned off into these little VIP tents on the floor or in the like box seats along the like 100s or whatever. And SoFi Stadium is huge. So there's so many different like box seats like that tons of celebrities or like b-list celebrities will get like you know like people well, like and the it's in la cast. so yeah. there's lots of famous people around it's yeah not like an arkansas tour <laughs> where it's like okay like who we drumming up yeah and so it's like what's funny about carly though is that people just like found her in the middle of the 300 section like in a <laughs> back like a middle row of a basic you know stadium seat just absolutely no fanfare her and her billionaire friends just hanging out in these bad seats not rubbing shoulders with anyone famous but rather just her friends are billionaires because they're like friends of the kushners yeah yeah she just has uber wealthy friends and you know like high socialite flyers type i mean as she should <laughs> she should. But it was just like, first of all, stunning because on one hand, people, the press was kind of like, oh, see, no bad blood here. 1989 starlet Carly Class makes an appearance for 1989's announcement. But then on the other hand, you're like, freaking Adam Scott is in the VIP box with, with Taylor's mom. And Carly Kloss, who used to have a personal room in Taylor's a New York loft is somehow relegated to these popper seats 
it's fascinating to me. The discourse around it alone has kept me fed for like the last week because it's just like any way you read it, it's hilarious to me. Well, like, okay. I feel like if, if is the reading like, oh, Carly Kloss like asked Taylor for seats or something <laughs> and Taylor was like, no, you're not getting any of these good seats. Like if you want to come, you can buy the cheap ones. And that was like the best that she could get her hands on. And so that's why she was in the 300 section because I find that like very difficult to believe. Yeah. And, and also just like, I think that when you're as, famous as Carly Kloss is and like have as many connections as she does. Like, I guess theoretically Taylor Swift could be blocking those connections or something to try to keep you out of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think that she could have better seats if she wanted them. So it feels like the fact that she was up there was a choice of hers. But yeah, then also so if she, on that? well, but also if she has like really bad blood with all of, or with Taylor then it's and Taylor's like, no, don't come to my show. Like, I'm not giving you seats. It seems really weird that Carly Kloss would like sort of what, like get somebody else to buy her tickets online <laughs> and a 300 level because she like wants to go so bad. Exactly. It's just I, I feel like she I must have to know. I feel like she must have like wanted to go to the concert and not be uh like in a box or like she wanted to be among like the people and like feel wow. the vibes it's funny you should say that because the other interesting wrinkle is that she lives in new york she just had a baby three weeks ago and so yes. she made the choice to like fly out here on this you know last day to go to this show in in like mediocre seats whatever and then someone else checked that like the back grid like the the paparazzi group that celebrities famously call to like get their shot um, was there to photograph her. And so it's like, did she hire, did she set this all up to like either pretend things are smooth between them and get good press or to like spite Taylor and steal press? You know, it's like the psychology of why now, the, why here? The stealing <laughs> press feels like that makes no sense to me. So we, so they're saying that she tipped the press off that she was going to be yes, there at the 300 yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. How, and we think that's accurate that the press just weren't I mean, there already for the 900 other people who were well, right. going but to be this there. Is what's weird is that it was there. Like they got Carly and they weren't like hounding anyone else. Like it was like, Hey Carly, bye Carly type thing. Interesting. And so, I yeah. Mean, and then the Gaylers, who a lot of them, there's like a division of them that still believe they have this like relationship or that they pine for each other, were like hyper fixated on Taylor's performance. And they were like, oh my gosh, she kept looking at Carly. And I'm like, please. <laughs> no, there's scene. not a chance in hell that she knew <laughs> anywhere not. where that woman was. I know. So it's I just, mean, uh, I yeah. guess there's also a reading then of like, okay, maybe. Because my my interpretation of the Carly Claus situation as a whole mm -hmm. is that Taylor Swift is a lesbian, bisexual <laughs> okay. at best, okay, but okay. I think lesbian. Full-fledged. Full-fledged. 
that she was like desperately in love with Carly Kloss, that Carly Kloss like liked the attention, liked the friendship, like maybe was in some sort of like experimental kind of a phase, but like ultimately like was not into Taylor in the way that Taylor was into Carly. And so it ended poorly. Obviously Carly's gone on to get married, have kids, you know, whatever. Taylor Swift single at the moment. Like, I feel like if one of them has more spite towards the other, it's Taylor towards Carly. I mean, also Mm -hmm. just because of Taylor as a person and how we know she holds grudges in general. And so I'm like, what if it is a thing where, like, Carly wants Taylor to know, like, hey, I support you. Like, I... I'm still, you know, like I still would like to be your friend. Like there's no bad blood on my end of this. Like I know that you're upset with me, but like this is okay. And so she's like, I'm not going to ask for tickets. I'm not going to ask for anything. I'm not going to try to get special accommodations. I'm just going to go. I'm going to be seen. I'm going to and sort of like signal to Taylor like, hey, like I'm here. I'm supporting you. Like just know that I care about you and I'm not going to make this like a big deal and try to you know go backstage or whatever but I just like want you to know that I support you in your work how do we feel about that I guess I like I can respect that reading but my issue with that would be she wouldn't be respecting Taylor's feelings like to sort of insert yourself in such a public way it doesn't feel like a nice thing to do if you're trying to do a nice thing right like it's like it's like an ex know, showing up though. to your wedding and being like, oh, no, I just want the best for you type thing. But it's but, like, well, I don't want you here is the thing. Right. But I feel like an ex showing up to your wedding. Like, the thing with the concert is that, like, it's the last night. Taylor is, like, not going to know that Carly's there until oh, she afterwards. 100% had to know. You think? I'm sure. Like, like how? I mean, how- even because the, like... As soon as she was sitting down before Taylor went on, it was all over the like social media. But like how how early was it on? Like how how early did she get there? I don't know, probably like 30 minutes an hour. I mean, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I I feel like celebrities they interact through their PR team. So there's always an awareness. I don't think it would be a sneak attack. And if it was a sneak attack, then that'd be even more like jarring and kind of rude to sort of, even if you have the best intentions to do that to someone on a night that's Carly- like about them or like their control, right? Carly Kloss to me seems like a fairly nice person in general. <laughs> okay, like, okay. like just like from, I don't know, like even at social with media the and things and getting dinner with the Kushners. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, even like her, you know, she's like, supposedly tried to interact with the Ivanka on them and like that hasn't worked. But um, I don't know. I, I just feel like of the dynamic of Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift, like of their friendship when they had one, that it, that Carly is like the sidekick and that Taylor is like the friend. And I sort of don't think that Carly has like ill will. So I can't imagine her like, I like, don't know. I don't think you're to... capturing the dynamic of female friendship and the complexity there because to ditch your newborn child and like fly across the country to like hover over a space where you're implying she wasn't even invited. She just wanted to quote be there for her. It's just like even that gives me the ick where it's just like mind your be, you know, like it's like 
if they're not friends anymore, then they don't need to be in each other's business anymore. But for Carly to put herself out there in a very public way, then there's an intention there that I'm curious yeah. about. But like, okay, this is a very different thing. But I remember like, okay, so my cousin, one of my cousins, like she had been dating this guy for a long time. Like they dated, they started dating, I think in middle school and they dated like through partway through college and then they broke up. And my cousin was, you know, it's like her mom had passed away when she was young like academics and stuff always were difficult for her and she was going to college like a community college and then she's got and it was take and it was a process that like took a very long time by the time she graduated and that she um I don't know it was sort of like everybody knew what an accomplishment it was so and I remember her saying like at one point after they broke up that like that she felt like oh even though like the the breakup wasn't good or whatever that like that if he came to the like graduation like she would appreciate that because it was an appreciation of like him like him knowing what how meaningful like the graduation was to her even though they're not together anymore like not trying to like steal the yeah lime like i don't know i think it's different than like a wedding or whatever where it's like okay the two people are like rivals it's I don't know. Like Taylor Swift has accomplished a lot of things right, with but this there's tour, a lot of lots of records. Specifically with them, like that the press has then talked about. So it seems I like guess, I guess it I guess the question really at the bottom of all this is like where does their relationship actually stand? Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, if they're mortal enemies and Carly Kloss is like showing up just to like get one over on Taylor, then that's one thing, but I sort of don't think that that's the dynamic anymore. It's just like a happy, not coincidence, but just like, yeah, she wanted to go to the show. She didn't want to go when she was pregnant in New York, so she waited and went with her friends in LA. Yeah, I mean, it could be that simple. I mean that sincerely. I know I sound very sarcastic right now, but I could see that just being like happily. No, yeah, no. That, I feel like that is more likely what it is, is yeah. that like, yeah, there was some bad blood but that's sort of like in the past and because like hey like you're doing the thing and I want to see the show and you know like one of the eras is all about me so (laughs) I should probably make an appearance I want to see it yeah (laughs) um yeah so it's it's I'm curious like what if that'll ever like come to light whether that's through a reputation track or whatever it is like if there will be more fuel to the fire or if taylor's trying to just like ignore keep it quiet whether they're friends or not like whether they're mortal enemies or not she just won't ever address this random appearance but boy oh boy (laughs) i mean taylor swift i feel like will never reference it like head on but if there's one thing we know about her it's that like there's no relationship too old that it can't make a reappearance (laughs) I love it. Can't wait. Um, Especially since she's going back and dredging these things up. So then do we (laughs) sort of think that Reputation will be the next one and that that she'll end her re-recordings with the... Like reclaiming her name? Yeah, with the original. Um, I kind of expect it... I could see going either way. Just poetically, it's like, oh, I finally got my name back or or more eventually it's like here, like... Well, but the thing is, Reputation was considered bad, but it's like one of her more hyped albums now, like popularity. Like even if it's not her best, people are obsessed with like the sound, the stories. 
And it is like the more interesting window of her life because she never talked about it. So it's like the idea of more vault true. tracks. It's like the the oh, fear, gosh. the frenzy. Are you we know? ready? And even on tour, like that's the thing is everyone was a hater. Everyone was like, whatever, this this album sucks, this era sucks. That the crowd, every single time I've gone, goes absolutely batshit for reputation. Like insane. Uh, well, you can't it's even a very different it. dynamic. So I can see why like the crowd would like it's a very like animated like energy yes. heavy yeah, sound like so i can see like why it would do yeah. well in a concert you know of sort of like yeah. fu vibes rather than like oh here's <laughs> me talking about a scarf that my cousin's sister's aunt has or whatever <laughs> um so i can see why it would do well but also it is like objectively a bad album and there's so well, many just okay, terrible sure. songs on it that's your opinion but also, I think you'd still rather listen to Reputation than Taylor Swift. And so I think she also I guess is that's true. recognizing that. Like, you don't want to end with a fizzle. Well, that's why I feel like it's weird that she saved, like, the two worst albums for last. <laughs> that is your humble opinion. <laughs> I think it's a generally held one. No, I mean, I think... I think yeah, 1989 is big. It's 1989, is Red and Fearless. I feel like are the ones that everybody like. But she had to prove the system would work. She had to prove the concept. And right, now but she I just don't know to, why like, she didn't save 1989 for last. I don't she know. I think it's I. I think Reputation is going to be a bigger deal than you think because that was like <sighs> a turning point in her popularity again, her resurgence, and. <sighs> As people have become new fans, they're more likely to enjoy Reputation than going all the way back to Fearless Red, Speak Now, Taylor Swift. So, you know, know what, though? This is a good segue yeah, because okay, there's another pop star who I think is perhaps in need of a Reputation era moment comeback, which oh. is Lizzo. Oh, I forgot. We haven't talked about this. <laughs> I know. The, Broken the, heart. I feel like I've gone through like 16 different uh, yeah. like thoughts on this yeah. and emotions and stuff. So I guess to set it up, Lizzo, obviously, pop star, uh, female empowerment icon, like pro body positivity, plays the flute, you know, famous, yeah. like for being sort of nice core uh, yeah. energy, I guess you could say. And all of her songs are like very positive. So then these three dancers came out with a lawsuit against her and the head of her like dance, dance troupe. Yeah. yeah, the dance captain. Um claiming that Lizzo um, was created a toxic work environment, that she was mean, she was rude, but then also that there was some sexual harassment involved in that she took the dancers to a strip club and sort of forced them or pressured them into like different types of acts with these strippers um, that she uh, body shamed them and sort of in some ways uh, insinuated that if or that if they gained weight that they would get fired um, the dance captain was apparently uh, is a, like a very strong Christian and so was sort of like religiously shaming different people mm. and talking about like their virginity. Um, all of these, yeah, different types of claims about like that the workplace was uncomfortable and stressful. Um, then after that original 
lawsuit came out, those girls went on TMZ and talked about it more. TMZ asked them a bunch of questions. Also a documentarian uh, who had originally been hired by Lizzo to make her documentary, um, but came forward and was sort of like, this doesn't have anything to do with the girls. (laughs) But when I was interacting with Lizzo, she was really mean. She was rude. She like wasn't the type of person who you would think she would be. I withdrew from the project. And then since then, supposedly the counsel for the dancers has come forward and said that there are six other people who were under Lizzo's employ who have also come forward with various claims. As far as I know, like none of that information has been released yet as to who those people are or what their individual claims are, but just that they're sort of like processing this and that there are six other people. Um, involved who have issues with Lizzo and the way that she is running her business. So yeah, I I think is that did I miss anything on the details of the trial? Yeah. Well I guess not. Yeah. And the accusations thus far. Yeah. Yeah. And well and then I guess so Lizzo released a statement like <sighs> yeah. like took a week or so and then released a statement that was like these things aren't true like this isn't the values that i put forward um like i'll be fighting these um basically saying that there's nothing yeah it's um, just like i am not here to be looked this. at as a victim but i also know that i am not the villain um yeah yeah it was like a long notes app apology on her Instagram, that was more, you know, the problem with these public apologies in the light of legal troubles is that they obviously can't say anything of substance. Like, you know, they can't like say sorry because then they'll be, then the court will be like, oh, you said sorry. So that means you're guilty type thing. Right. So it's like, they're always frustrating, but it was definitely like, hmm. It was a lot of nothing, like a lot of sort of spinning her wheels to say something, but yeah, I've been through the stages of grief on this one. It's it's tricky because I feel like, you know, with the power structure in a white patriarchal system, I think it's important to recognize like intersectionality and sort of the powers that be that benefit when a woman and a black woman at that are kind of get too high up and like, you know, what what powers go after her to like tear her down. But it does seem pretty is is pretty bad. It's pretty sad. I I feel like at first I was sort of like very on the team of the women, uh-huh. the accusers, I guess. Um, and then I don't know. I was like. I was listening to TikToks of various people and like reading some articles and it's like, okay, do I think that Lizzo's work, like the work environment that was going on on this tour, like had issues? Yes. I guess the thing that I am unsure of is like, and maybe this isn't even really like, shouldn't have any bearing on this at all is like, for me, these tours and the life cycle of like people in these pop stars ethers seems like it would lend itself to these types of allegations, sort of like for everybody. Like, I can't imagine that there is a 
celebrity or a pop star of Lizzo's caliber who you couldn't find uh, people who would say like, yeah, they were like demeaning. They were, you know, sort of like ruthless in certain regards that they said things that were um, like not, you know, that were tearing people down while they were in these uh, training practices and things. And then also it's like the, the stuff with the strip club, it's like, okay, you're on tour with them. And so you're going to do these different things. And like in the TMZ interview, they're like, yeah, like we felt that we sort of had to go along and do it this because if Lizzo was friends with somebody, then they were more likely to get, you know, promoted or get more work. And so we felt like we had to, but we felt pressured. And I'm like, I feel like that is sort of also something that could be applied to almost anybody in not not even just like concert touring, but just like sort of workplace things and gen- like if you're better friends with somebody or closer to somebody, then like obviously they're more likely to pick you. Um, so uh, like it, and I think the thing that then sort of not necessarily changed my mind about this situation because I do think that like in general in workplace etiquette. All like there's so much room for improvement or need for improvement, like across the board. There's all kinds of toxic work environments, and just because they've been toxic for a long time doesn't mean that and that we can sort of like say, oh well, you know, that's just how it goes. Like obviously we need things corrected, but I think the thing that I found sort of slightly frustrating is that you have Lizzo, Liz, who is a black woman who's a larger woman like and i think people were just so excited to tear her down and also because like this image of sort of like being demanding and uh you know like unkind like doesn't fit with who she is as a public figure that there was like more outrage where you know you think about someone like Leah Michelle for example who has done all kinds of things and has been documented i think in more uh like in more damning ways and sort of because of who she is and the sort of um vibe that she gives off people are like well you know it's like she's talented and she's demanding but like that's just how it is that's how it is if you're like uh you know a diva like that's how you can behave or someone like maybe mariah carey or even um you know like beyonce like i think that there are these people who you just sort of have a vibe that like yeah they're they're tough and so you sort of let things slide with them and that with Lizzo because of the persona that she has people were like more in a hurry to I don't know cut her down and so I don't know like I mean there's definitely like a generalized acceptance like the internalized sexism or misogyny is is something you have to examine because yeah men have gotten away with being like tough and you know baller and hardcore and whatever it is like ruling with an iron fist like even in movies like you see the directors who are like oh they're they're tough to work with but they get the oh yeah yeah and so it's like yeah you don't want the it's like as the tides are turning and people are realizing they shouldn't accept toxic workplaces you you look at where who gets the fastest fall and it's not always fair and it and that's part of like, you know, kind of like it reminds me of how much I didn't like um, 
tar because it's like, ugh, why are we doing this about a woman right now? Like, honestly, people. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough. And I, I'll admit I haven't read like the full um, disclosure of it. And I've probably gotten too many insights from, we've probably all gotten too many insights from TikTok to make quick, fast judgments and kind of uh, lose out on, you know, the importance of kind of um, media literacy maybe and context. But I think also to your point, which I think you were, you know, admitting is that at the end of the day, people say they were hurt and those people are worth listening to. And um, it sounds like the, at the very least, that dance captain should have been dealt with a long time ago. And so that sort of blind spot for Lizzo, um, and and those sort of like she said in her apology that she's just like sexually, you know, what's the word, like forward or like very um, embracing of sexuality. And so like maybe there was a misconstruement there. But it's like at the end of the day, she's got to like learn and grow type thing. And so I hope as this sorts itself out that she doesn't dig her heels in and like insist on like no, 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 no. This is all them coming at me, like blah, blah, blah. I think this is a good moment to maybe regroup and figure out like, okay, I became uber successful, super wealthy, super powerful very quickly. And like, how have I negotiated these new power dynamics that, you know, snuck up on her probably? Um, Because it'd be weird to go from being friendly with your small staff, your small dance crew, to suddenly having a TV show, a national, an international tour, like whatever it is, and to not reconsider your management style or kind of relationship um, between, you know, boss and underling type thing. Yeah. The other thing that I, that I was watching this, like, um, this woman who's like a PR expert in Hollywood, she had a, she was doing like a series of TikToks on this. And she said that like the, some of the like, like that the legal stuff here like is pretty dubious and that she doesn't think that most of this would like stand up in court at all. And that they're trying to get like a plea deal out of it. Um, and Yeah, so it's like, I wonder, like, I don't think Lizzo can really say anything or do anything about this until everything is sorted out. Um, So, but at at that point, like, maybe the damage is sort of done to her image. And I just, I don't know, I think that Lizzo in general is such like a force for good in society and seems... about Ellen, too. Well, but I was even, (laughs) I was even thinking about this, like like going back to the Ellen situation and like, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff obviously that Ellen did was bad. And obviously that was more widespread and that there was more documentation of it. Um, But I do think it's interesting that like the people who have gotten this sort of treatment in recent memory have been like, yeah, a sort of a lesbian pioneering, uh, like talk show host and then now this like very large black woman where we still have you know lots of rappers and you know like Casey Affleck's of the world lurking around like not really taking a hit necessarily so I don't know I'm I I would like Lizzo to 
hopefully like make some changes to the way she runs things but also at the same time like I want her to have a successful career and I want her to be a successful pop star because I think she is very important in the ecosystem at the moment yeah um yeah it's a messy situation it really is and it doesn't feel good and it's like yeah I think we're more than happy to quickly and efficiently tear down women and like that's been proven especially in these more marginalized communities be it the LGBTQ or BIPOC situations but it's also like it's it's an interesting dynamic because in a lot of ways it's probably easier to speak out against those people than men running the world. So it is kind of like a tricky situation because I, you know, you want to, yeah, I, I just want to hear, I want to hear them out. I want to hear the victims out. And hopefully that just moves the entire um, zeitgeist forward to be like, yeah, we don't need to accept this sort of like workplace um environment. We don't need to just like let people walk all over these people type thing. So I'm sure Lizzo will figure it out. And I don't think we've seen the last of her. Um, and I just hope she does it in a way that's not like, I don't know, kind of closing down any of it, you know? Yeah. I kind of think that this will be something that we actually just don't really hear about. Yeah. Like, I think that it will sort of go away and then, yeah, I I can't imagine that she's going to be able to speak on this too publicly. Yeah. But I don't know. Is she on tour? Is she between tours? I'm like, where, like, where is she on the, in the album cycle and stuff? Like, does she have stuff that's yeah, still going sure. forward? I don't think anything's like been said about like, yeah, I don't think she's been in the midst of anything or promo cycle that got shut down or anything. Yeah. Well, I also feel like the headlines on this were way more uh, overblown than what the actual accusations were. Like, I saw yeah. so many things that were like, Lizzo's fat shaming dancers. And it's like, uh, yeah. like the if you actually read the stuff that happened, it's like, it's very murky. And that's not to say that like, you know, that's how these things are in a lot of cases, right. but it's not like, uh, I don't know. I think that some of the headlines were much bigger than like what is actually in the documents. So, I mean, even the ones that are like, that I saw that were like six more people come out and against Lizzo. It's like, okay, this lawyer got six more claims from people, but it's like, are those, are any of those have any relevancy to anything? Like, we don't know yet. Um, you know, like, Lizzo works with hundreds and hundreds of people, so it's, like, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, the way that the press has handled this, I feel like, is oh also, God. like, let me get some clicks energy, <laughs> yeah. which I don't think has been good for Lizzo. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, any other stories? Well, the blind side. <laughs> I don't know if you saw oh, this. Yes, um, I did see this. This I feel like we have known like low key for a while. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been team. I don't like this movie. Like I felt like it was icky at the time. And I even when that movie came out, there seemed to be some bad blood between Michael and his at the time quoted adopted family. Um, 
if you don't know what we're talking about, The Blind Side, obviously the movies that got Sandra Bullock an Oscar. Um, she plays the rich white woman in Mississippi or whatever who adopts, who who helps rescue <laughs> this this poor black um, orphan who's kind of been lost in the system and introduces him to sports and gets him going in that football track. And then suddenly he's like, first pick at the draft, you know? And it's just like white saviorism, like very, very classic uh, early aughts, like review of like feel good. Oh my gosh. We just need to be kind to one another type thing. Well, turns out he comes out today with this, um, suit against them where he uh, he says that he thought they'd adopted him but actually they had tricked him they lied to him and got him to sign papers making him them his conservators and since we're all experts on conservatorships after free britney oh know yes that this means like they were controlling all financial and business decisions for him and doing all that without the added like legal protection of being his actual guardians like so he has just been kind of at their whim and they controlled the the life rights of his story and selling that for to get the movie made and like negotiated the deal so that everyone supposedly got an equal cut but he's like I don't feel like I got the same amount my the the white kids the the supposed adopted siblings got very messy, very sad, and very frankly disturbing that he's like, he's like, yeah, I just found this out after like going through it. He'd like hired a lawyer originally to figure out like, huh, wh where's the money from this movie? And like, what, where, why aren't I seeing the same sort of like <laughs> financial compensation I would expect? And then it turns out like, oh, actually you're, you're not adopted. And that is just like sickening, like honestly despicable and yet not at all surprising, like just absolutely disturbed. I really don't know what is wrong with them specifically, but like the audacity and, and then most of his suit is like, yeah, I, or like most of the background with like why, um, why he felt icky with them after, you know, growing up with them was that the movie makes him look like this dumb kid who's like literally mentally, you know, simple minded and like he didn't know anything about football like she had to teach him basic oh just run or whatever she says <laughs> and it's just like that is so insulting and he's like yeah that's not at all true like I was on the football team I was already active I was just staying at their house every few nights because you know I didn't always have anywhere to go and then they made me think they wanted to adopt me they wanted me to be a part of disgusting I hate it yeah the the, these are always the kind of things where I'm like, how did nobody like check this out at some point? You know, like yeah. how was this not investigated thoroughly? Well, because he was being represented by their family friend. Well, ah! yes, I mean, disgusting. Well, no, I mean, not even, not even yeah. like when it was happening, but like yeah. when the Blind Side came out, I'm like, how did we? Like, how did nobody figure this out? Like, this feels yeah. like something that could have been sort of sniffed out in the research process or, like, by a journalist or a words campaign or something. But yeah. uh, who knows? Mm -mm -mm. So, Christian that sucks. people, shady. <laughs>
I know, honestly, just like, ugh, I wish Sandra Bullock would say something just to stick it to him. Like, I just, she should, she should be as embarrassed for doing that film as Emma Stone is for doing Aloha. <laughs> and the, and the help cast. And the help. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but anyways, um, that's, that's the pop culture. It really a doozy, honestly, lots of. Lots of yeah, uh, lots of lots of not through. fun things. Yeah, I mean, um, I have a fun love it or hate it. Oh, okay, perfect. So I saw the movie Passages, which is mm. out in New York now. I don't know if it's out in other places. Um, it's distinguished because it is rated NC seventeen for a lot of sex scenes that are very long and very explicit. <laughs> and basically, the premise of it is that. There's this gay couple. One of them's a filmmaker. The other one is like a print, like does like print shop stuff. I don't know. Anyways, the filmmaker, um, he is sort of a volatile person and like meets this woman at a party. They start hooking up. He sort of falls in love with her. Um, and then it's this love triangle between uh, you know, him, his husband slash former husband, and then his new like girlfriend, mistress person. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's really interesting, the power dynamics and the relationships. Um, also, you do have these like fun sex scenes. There's a lot of good music in the movie. I was just very, uh, I don't know, like, I like movies that are sort of small and just about relationships. And that's really what this was. It's, you know, these three people and there's not really a lot going on in the movie other than just these scenes with the three of them and sort of like how they interact and, and how this, these relationships sort of crash and burn. And I don't know. It was, it was like a really satisfying watch. I feel like it has a really good, like starting place, middle ending. All three of the actors are really strong. Um, and yeah, it's very, very horny. So I don't know like what the, like it was showing at like Lincoln Center and stuff here, but then it also showed in a couple AMCs. I don't know if it will show in AMCs like in other places or if it will just come to streaming at some point or what the vibe will be, but I would definitely recommend it. It is like a very interesting fun watch i would not watch it on a plane though or like in <laughs> the presence of your like relatives or whatever yeah you know i could see myself like somehow accidentally downloading that like <laughs> on right, netflix right. or whatever and then being halfway through it and you're i'm like, sitting oh, next to like a six-year-old and it's like oh gosh no not the five minute long sex scene <laughs> yeah that's a good a good psa um i've been reading the book burn it down which is the nonfiction like expose on hollywood's inner workings and the lies we've told ourselves about it very Ooh. fascinating um it's by what's her name maureen ryan and so this is the one that like went she promoted it by releasing that um chapter on lost and the backwards dealings with the uh issues of racism speaking of toxic workplaces and so every chapter is sort of like this um kind of idealized hope and dream for Hollywood like oh they they love taking risks or oh like the the 
bullheaded directors necessary like to get the work done type thing and then kind of unpacking like the actual cost and like lie at it and so you get a lot of like history of recent television and movies um because again it's mostly based on her experience as a reporter um throughout the like golden age of television and now through these last few years of streaming and stuff so you get a lot of like fascinating discourse around that shift and it all feels really relevant because this came out a month ago or so and so obviously it's before the strike actually happened but you can see like a lot of the discourse of people starting to talk about like like pay equity and sort of stuff like that um so it's been like fun and interesting and very compelling and also like really (laughs) sad or like kind of frustrating because i think it's like something we talk about with like movies and especially award shows that a lot of it feels like really false and kind of like self-congratulatory and these are actually all probably pretty bad people on the on the broad scope of oh things. yeah but it's like when you make good art you try and make these justifications or excuses and I think this book does a good job of like kind of honoring that that tension and feeling like sad but also being like yeah well this isn't actually working like even the way we try and like spin it as it is like it's actually not doing as well as you think like you know the toxicity the like drama whatever it's not actually paying off so maybe we should you know burn it down type thing so i found that to be a delightful read and i think it's um probably would be delightful to anyone who listens to this podcast so oh yeah no it sounds very interesting (laughs) i love a behind the scenes hollywood tv sort of moment yeah Uh, like the world is so full of horrible people. I mean, the world is so full of good people as well. But it is like, there's a certain ruthlessness I feel like you have to have in some ways to get through in Hollywood that doesn't help the good people. And then also, as we've talked about many, many times before on the podcast, like once you have money and once you have power, you sort of become a bad person. It doesn't matter yeah. how good you were to start out with. And yeah, it's... It's a rough go. But at the same time, it's like I love TV and I love movies and I love those kinds of things. And honestly, people who are artists who are low level are just as terrible in a lot of ways. (laughs) So it is like how like how do you solve the problem that is bad people in the world when there just are so many of them and you Mm. can't really get away from them all? Truly, truly. Uh, but yeah, what a what a pleasant way to end an episode. Aren't we You're glad welcome. we we yeah. really did this? This was a this is a bleak one. Also long. My gosh, we need to okay, we okay, we gotta go. We gotta yeah, go. Yeah, we gotta yeah, go. Yeah, 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 We're yeah, doing yeah. red, white, and royal blue on Thursday, which hopefully will be more fun. Yeah. Less depressing. Um uh, but you never know. Shelby might come up with some stuff that really you know, drags us into the weeds and yeah. forces us to examine yeah. existential Definitely. crisis. <laughs> yes. Okay. See you guys on Thursday. Bye. <laughs>